You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour. Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet, will join us. Gotta ask him, Phil Kessel's record? Meh. I don't know, maybe I'm too cynical. That, that that absolutely could be the case. Yeah, okay. But because we had the whole thing with Patrick Marlowe and then Keith Yandel and now Phil Kessel, and it's like, great. He's the NHL's Iron Man. I, it's it's an incredible accomplishment. I don't want to take anything away from Phil the Thrill. But yeah. When skated it comes to, to records, I'm skated like, Skated 12 meh. and a half minutes, scored a goal. Yeah, it's meh. It really is, man. In the game where he tied the record, he skated 12 and a half minutes, didn't have a shot or uh, anything at all. He's there. Yeah. He's skating around. We'll ask Timmy that question, and we'll ask him about fan bases around the country because I'm super interested to get his take on that. But right now, uh, he is the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Dave, how are you? I'm good this morning. How are you guys? We're good. We, we, We did some homework. We did some digging. We had you on last week. We talked about Alex Singleton, and we yeah. found out his nickname. Are you ready for it? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, it was Looney because, obviously, single, his last name, Singleton, <laughs> and the way he played. So Looney was his nickname. Was that fitting? Is it apropos? Are you all about that nickname? His nickname up here in Canada? Yes. You know, the, yeah. Okay. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, Looney, Tooney. I didn't know what those were until we came up to Canada. So that's, uh, I'm, I, I bet it's not sticking down there in the States, but who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Now, okay, now, now, you, now you open this can of worms for me, uh, Dave. I used to bartend in very tourist area in Niagara Falls, Ontario, so I saw a lot of Americans. How long did it take you to get used to coins, the Looney and the Tooney? Because a Looney is much better than $1 bill, right? It is. You know, I, I, I find sometimes like... Uh, so here's a weird, weird story on coins. So like down in the NFL, they test you for like body fat, and you know you have a, in your contract you have to be under a certain number. You get fined, and so they do it with the calipers. But I'd always want to try to weigh more because if you weigh more, your numbers didn't quite fit it, and I was right on the edge all the time. So coming from Canada, every now and again, uh, a few loonies and toonies would be in my pocket oh, uh, to help weigh me, give me that extra two, three pounds so I could uh, <laughs> essentially make sure I was under that uh, body fat number so I didn't lose my money. So um, Definitely not. didn't take me long. I like the coins. Oh. I do. Um, then again, uh, who's using cash these days, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So uh, they're kind of, you know, everything's kind of going obsolete. Well, Dave, how many coins are you putting in your pocket here? Like, that's that's a lot of coins right there. Uh, I, it, uh... It did definitely feel, I could feel it. There was uh, definitely some weight down there. And I learned, I know, like, you learn the tricks of the trade from the older vets. Me and Flutie would be talking about Flutie, 40 some years old, six point some body percent uh, fat. I mean, it was impressive. The guy was not so much for me, um, but uh, Flutie was uh, just a, a machine, uh, workout machine for sure. Well, Dave, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the team as we're getting set for the final regular season game of uh, your campaign here. Uh, first, I guess a thought on what we saw against the Rough Riders as your club was out on the road, got a big win, and uh, now you know who you're going to face in the postseason, and the Riders have also been knocked out of the postseason. So I guess just a thought on the game and what it accomplished for you. We've been pretty consistent on our message that we're trying to be a better football team. We're trying to do things right. We're trying to play that Stampede brand of football that we know can win any game, but uh, certainly fits the playoffs. So we're a, we're a physical team. Uh, we did uh, own the ball that game, I think 35, 36 minutes. 
I thought both our D-line and our O-line uh, won the battle in the trenches. So when you do that, you have a great chance to win. I just thought it was a, wasn't a super flashy game, but it was, the guys showed up with great energy and they were committed. And full well knowing that that game had no bearing on the standing. So that shows me a lot about what type of guys I have in the locker room. I wanted to ask you about Brent Monson, who's been with the Stampeders for a while, is in this role as the defensive coordinator, and as a D.C., his defense has been extremely stout. Where have you seen Brent grow over the last few years to be here the leader of this, a top-rated defense in the CFL? Yeah, he's, well, I mean, he started as in our film crew. Um, you know, he had it's just a young guy out of, out of Hamilton, and, uh, you know, he's hungry. He really wants to be the best and, and keep improving. He doesn't uh, take time off. I mean, he's he's a sort of coach. He's down in the States doing uh, what we would call professional development and, and helping out on other teams and going to bowl games. And he's good on the scouting side as well. And, you know, he gets uh, the defensive staff, I think they're really, um, you know, to me, they work off each other. Brent puts it all together. And then the rest of the guys have their piece. And uh, we've gotten better. We've gotten healthier. It's been mainly you've been seeing the production and our defense improve this year when the back end's been getting healthy. And we've finally played a few games with the same secondary. And I think you're seeing the results. We're, we're definitely, uh, uh, you know, improving. But also we're, we're getting better as a group. Anytime that they show Brent on the broadcast, he likes to sit up in the booth to watch the game as the DC, which a lot of coordinators like to do. But he's always very stoic. He's got the backwards hat going. He's got the straight face, and he's calling plays. Is that what he's always like, or is that uh, just game face Brent Monson? <laughs> well, you got to get him on your show. I mean, uh, you know, it's not it's not illegal to ask for an interview from someone else besides me. So get him on your show. <laughs> are, are you, uh, Dave? That sounded like you're like, hey, why don't you have somebody else on except <laughs> for me every Wednesday? <laughs> No, Give I me mean, a week hey, off. I'm trying to pro- promote the CFL. There's okay. some interesting guys in our league, so uh, you know, uh, just trying to make sure we 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 keep this ball rolling. But he is he's not a raw raw guy, but he's he definitely has a standard. Uh, keeps the guys disciplined, and uh, you know, I, to me, you're respected because you know what you're talking about. If you're up there talking and yapping and the guys really don't believe what you're what you're saying. You're not going to have success. And I know the guys believe that Brent's put the time in. He knows what he's talking about. And ultimately, you can see the results when he calls the plays. Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Dave, obviously, uh, this game doesn't have any really implications in the standings for you guys. How do you manage rest versus rust heading into a game like this when obviously your focus is on the postseason? Yeah, that's this in the CFL. There's just not enough people anyway, so it's not like you're going to have this wholesale change. There will be some guys that won't play, and that's just the way it is. And you know, you do you try to balance it. You said rust and rest, but you also some of these guys are pushing for All Star nominees and awards, and they just have to realize that's really not what's ultimately important. Even though you'd love to have them reach their goals and and get acknowledgments, uh, it, more importantly is that. You know, we feel good about uh, how we played, how we approached the game, and the effort we put in. Uh, we we know it's fan appreciation day. We're still going out there to win and uh, and and perform. So there's really I don't I mean it's professional football. We're really not paid to just show up and and uh, you know say the Lord's prayer at the end of the day. We're we're there to win, and that's what all of us are paid. That's what I'm paid to do as well. So we're going to go after it. And uh, you know, certainly certain guys may not play. Does that mean the standard has to change? No. Let's go and let's let's figure things out and, and play good football. 
And coach, I, I know a lot of the fans have been clamoring, asking that type of thing, but uh, are, are we going to see Bo Levi Mitchell uh, on this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm going into the with this thought process of at least getting everybody ready, and I wouldn't be surprised if all three quarterbacks play, but I really don't want to commit to that at this point. Mm-hmm. I might have uh, overspoke earlier, but here's why. I just want to make sure that we get going, and I want to get, like I just told everybody, is uh, I want to make sure we're improving and going through as a team, and so I'm just going to let the game kind of take care of that. And if all three can play, great, um, but I don't want to force feed it either. I'm just going to kind of let it uh, let it happen and see, what, see where we go with it. Coach, uh, we were talking about this a little earlier on the show as well. Um, Phil Kessel set an Ironman streak in the NHL, skating in his 990th game um, yesterday, which is quite impressive, uh, the number itself. Uh, my question would be, with an Ironman in, in a football, what what do you think would be an impressive number to get to, um, given the wear and tear, the length of seasons? Like, we know Gio's had pretty good run with uh, the stamps as the equipment manager, but as a player... <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, well, listen, I know some numbers. I, I think that over 200 games is super impressive. Uh, it kind of depends on where you play, too. I mean, I... I do think all positions have, you know, receivers are going to get muscle injuries. Um, quarterbacks uh, not getting hit as much as they used to, but I was part of a game, Monday Night Football. Brett Favre had a 230-game streak, and he had wasn't supposed to play. And then right before pregame, here he, or right before the intro, here he comes running out and plays. I have to admit, the uh, there was definitely some uh, some emotion. I said, "Wow, that's that's pretty impressive." And um, first off, the man's a big man, and and uh, I, he had to have played through many many injuries. It's a fine line, in my opinion. You you got to play the game with enough aggression and the physicality that you put your body on the line. Sometimes you're going to go ahead and keep continuing that streak. I'm not saying Phil Kessel, but certain things. You <laughs> if you never put your body on the line for any sorts of hits you won't necessarily get hurt as much. But you're telling me Peter Forsberg's going to be able to play an Ironman streak with him putting his body in line like he did? I mean, come on. It's not happening. Yeah. So, um, you know, I certainly didn't set any streaks. I know that. <laughs> I couldn't even get an 18-game schedule. I never started quarterback and got 18 games and was always bitter about that. I thought I should be able to do that, and uh, 17 was the most I could ever play in one season. Um, Dave, we talked about it earlier. Uh, Chris Tanev, I'm sure you're aware, uh, he plays with gum in his mouth during the play. Yes. And we were super impressed that a professional athlete is chewing gum while he plays. A couple other guys in the NHL. Phil Kessel likes to play with gum in his mouth. I know some guys, uh, the majority of, of football players wear mouth guards. Some don't. Have you ever heard of anybody chewing gum in football? Would you be able to chew gum while you were playing quarterback? Uh, would I be able to? No, but uh, so I think that's probably happened. I mean, I've... Uh, uh, I think Kachuk was chewing on his mouthpiece the whole game. So, I mean, it didn't matter whether he had it in or not. You know, I would hate to have something crazy happen, though. Uh, I don't know. I guess if it's small enough, you just swallow it. But uh, they all have their vices. And and, uh, I have heard of football players chewing tobacco in a game, though. So that's quite the the interesting story. Uh, Yeah. Don't think you want to swallow too much of that, but no. people do what they do, and it's kind of their their way of maybe keeping themselves uh, you know, comfortable. So uh, as long as it's not necessarily affecting play, we kind of just uh, get out of their way. Uh, we ask the hard hitting questions here on the big show. You uh, do, you yeah, do, no doubt. Very tough, uh, very tough, very Geraldo of us here with the spotlight. <laughs> Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach. Dave, uh, best of luck this week. Thanks for this. Okay, see you guys next week. Take All care. Right. Okay, bye. Uh, we'll be ahead of the playoff game next week.
Get Brent Monson on, maybe. Sure. Get the DC on. He's a beauty. Big fan. But let's have him on for the playoffs then, too. Got it. Yeah. They got what if we coaches. had what if we had him and Dave on simultaneously? I'd like that. I think that would be a ton of fun. Why don't we try that? Producer Patrick, are you down for that? As he's quickly scrambling to get on the air. Yeah. Patrick stepped away. Oh, he's what the He's busy doing some some busy things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds he's busy like fake being work. busy. That sounds like fake work. He's busy being busy. Yeah. Um, I think we should do that next week. No, we'll talk to some people, pull some strings, see what we can yeah. do. See um, what we can do. Actually, you know what? That's actually worked out perfectly for us. Why? I wanted to open out uh, open up the text uh line. Well, it's always open. 960, 960, uh, name and location, please. Uh our techno director, Alex Brody. We're really we're really stepping up our game when it comes to Brody on the beat. Uh, Alex says he has a microphone now. Yep. And it'll be a mic flash. He's got a new is, haircut. He's got a new haircut. He looks super handsome. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. going to have the mic flash where it says Sportsnet 960 on his microphone. He's going to be all super official. And we wanted to ask you, our listeners, what's the question Alex should be asking the people of Calgary when it comes to the Flames? Because what have we done so far? We've done what would you like to do with Daryl Sutter, which yep. was good. It was solid. We got some good responses. Yeah. And the other one was expectations for the team. It was uh, pregame routines. Pregame so routines right the whole for the season, right, the season opener. opener. That's yeah. what it was. Right. Well, how do you watch the Flames? How do you do it? Uh, the guy who talked about, I take Daryl on my boat. I'm going to take him on my boat yeah. around with a couple of bears. I've had 17 Labatt drives, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to take him on my boat. I'm taking a live we bat wa- drive. What's the question uh, Brody, our, our technical director, Alex Brody, should go out and ask the people of Calgary? 960, 960, name and location. What would you like to hear? Do you want us... Do you want him to ask a really super deep dive for the people of Calgary? Because Alex, I don't want to say he he took a shortcut, but he went to the Dome and asked Flames fans who were super jacked up about uh, the Flames and Daryl Sutter. No, we want Alex to be near our downtown studios here in Calgary. Yeah. To get the real fans of Calgary, the real sports fans. Yeah. You're not going to find real sports fans around the Dome. Yeah, because they're already sports fans. I'm talking the real fans of Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. The real fans. Yeah, the real fans. 960, 960, name and location. Because we were thinking, you know, uh, maybe uh, should Jacob Markstrom play Saturday against the Oilers? That's a question he can ask, potentially, to get his revenge on Edmonton. That's a question he can maybe ask. Yeah. You Are can... you concerned that the top line hasn't scored five on five yet? That's maybe a question he can ask. That's a deep dive. You can definitely ask about that. Um, maybe what what is where what do the Flames need to really bring this thing home? Like they're, they're great start, but is there anything that you think the team needs to add mm. to really push them over the top? It's a little early. Might be a nice little one around Christmas, actually. Um, even uh, how long is a leash on Tyler Toffoli as a top line winger? That's something you could potentially ask the people of Calgary. I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. I don't want to influence people no, on no, the no. text line. 960, 960, name and location. But it doesn't have to be Flames related either. No. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sending Alex out uh, when we talk about the World Cup of Soccer. 
Do you know what we should do? Maybe we should uh, ask the city of Calgary who should who should play the Grey Cup halftime show in uh, Regina. Yeah, that's a good one. Because uh, Ooh, that's pretty good too. Watch the CFL name it today though. Yeah, because either the CFL hasn't booked it or they haven't announced it. It's one of the two. Rumors abound. The Grey Cup's in like a month. Uh, yeah. How is that? They've already announced who's doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, oh yeah. Rihanna, Riri's doing it. When it broke my heart because I thought America's sweetheart Taylor Swift was going to do it because now Pepsi's not involved anymore. Some of that new album wound up on my uh on my Spotify yesterday. Are, are Banger. You, are you a uh are you a closet Swifty? I'm not a closet Swifty. I I'm like very much like when it comes on I'm like okay, but I don't really search it out. And then a couple songs came on yesterday and I was like, "What is this?" I might have to smash the old heart button. You know what? Uh, maybe that is the question we ask. Who should be the halftime act at the at the Grey Cup? I think the people of Calgary would have some great responses. I think that's pretty good. Alex, what do you think? I like it. I like okay. it. That could be good. Patty Dumont, is that the qu- Well, I don't want it. Maybe somebody else in the text line will come up with something a little better. But as of now, uh, today, whatever October is 26th, Today, mm-hmm. yeah, we still don't know who's the halftime show at the Grey Cup. I'm sure that's not an issue at all at the Grey Cup offices, right? No, now. no I'm sure they're not panicking <laughs> yeah, at all. No, no I'm sure that's. I'm sure it's not, not top of mind. I'm no. sure there's no meetings about it. Yeah, I'm sure nobody's f- worried about it. They're probably, like, what can Randy Bachman do? That's about it. That's probably why they're trying to find. Him. Yeah, because maybe, Randy Bachman. Maybe available? Brian Adams can do it. I'm sure he'd want to. Oh, <laughs> uh, if he's not playing the Grey Eagle, Colin yeah. James. He's from Regina. Okay. Wow, that's a deep dive. Oof, deep that's a, what a cut. Colin, yeah, James. That's a, Colin James. Wow, what a thing. I'm sure I'm sure uh <laughs> the CFL will be like, and the halftime show is Colin James. You're like, wow, okay. That's exciting for somebody out there, <laughs> I guess. Colin James would be super stoked. What about Landis Morissette? What about yeah, Landis yeah, is the yeah. halftime show? What about yeah, that? I I none of these are getting me fired up to watch the second half of football. I'll tell you that for free right now. <laughs> What about like the sheepdogs? Something play- a little newer and hip that's also very Saskatchewan. Then they play. To- uh, well, yeah. What the CFL can't open up their wallets and have the weekend do it, <laughs> right? I mean, he just saw a play to sell a show at SoFi Stadium. But nice. uh, he's Canadian. I'm sure you know he liked the pub. I mean, they had Bieber. What Grey Cup 100? Yeah, that's true. In Toronto it was 100. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot opened for him though. Oh man, I'm sure. I'm sure he can <laughs> what jump is in. That? We, it's probably going to end up being Blue Rodeo for like probably. the fourth time. It's Blue Rodeo is going to be the halftime act. Guaranteed it's going to be Blue Rodeo. We're going to get Taylor Swift. She couldn't do wow, the Super because Bowl because she's doing the she's Grey Cup. She's promoting her new album. Yeah. So now it's going to be Taylor Swift at the Grey Cup halftime. Ooh, what about Skid Row? Sebastian Bach, he's Canadian. Yeah. there's <laughs> That would really move the needle, too. Uh, 960, 960. We're really attracting these new young fans. Yeah, on the text line. Uh, maybe just give us a question. Alex should be asking. The people of Calgary. Straight ahead, uh, Tim McAuliffe, Tim and Friends on Sportsnet. Uh, we'll get his take on the Phil Kessel Ironman streak. And who's probably the most vicious fan base when it comes to the NHL teams in this country? We'll ask Timmy those questions. And Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. All straight ahead. The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Flames with a big, big, big 4-1 win over the Penguins last night. 5-1-0 on the season. Best start 
in Flames history, Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff, joining us at the top of the hour. But right now, he is the host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet. We say good morning to Tim McAuliffe. Timmy, how are you, pal? I am very well, Georgie. How are you, buddy? How are you, Rose? It's rustic and Rose just rolls off the tongue. I'm it does, doesn't right it? Now. Little R and R in the morning, Tim. I just I'll stop with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it feels hard to uh, to follow Dave Dickinson and chewing gum. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, like it's again. Sorry, it's like uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Walk Hard with Dewey Cox, uh, the the, the nope. from years ago. But he's like, okay, Dewey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to have the big bopper, Buddy Holly, Elvis Presley, and then you, Dewey Cox. You're going to be the last act. Like that's kind of what happens when you got to follow Dave Dickinson. All right, Timmy. There's lots of things I want to get to. Uh, I don't want to sound too cynical about this, but why do I don't really care about Phil Kessel's Iron Man streak? Is it because we had the Marlowe thing and then the Yandel thing last year? And I get what Phil's been through his entire career and even, you know, being a cancer survivor. I get all of that stuff mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. encapsulate what Phil Kessel is. Why do I not care about his Iron Man streak? Because you know most of it uh, was accrued on the periphery of the game. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am a fan of Phil Kessel. You don't walk into the arena looking like Phil Kessel and score 30 goals a year. <laughs> like that's, that's part of what makes Phil Kessel Phil Kessel. And if you talk to former teammates and you talk to guys in and around the league, they're almost in awe of what Phil Kessel can do. And then they grow tired knowing that if he ever really worked his ass off, he could have scored 50 a year instead of 30 a year. But 30 a year will still get you enough money to have a pretty damn good life and not have to drink water. So Phil Kessel is (laughs) a unicorn. Yeah. And I think everyone kind of sort of recognizes exactly what the unicorn is, uh, except for his former fans in Toronto that chased him out and then watched him have two nearly consummate years while winning the Cups in Pittsburgh. And if you put him in the right spot, he is a remarkably valuable player on your team and if you do what you did in toronto which was attempt to build a team around them you're in deep caca so i think that's mm. I'm, I'm trying to probably put into words what you're thinking george but i, I have i come close here yeah no I, I think you're right or i'm just a cynical dick there could be that too <laughs> there could be that part richard. of it yeah that yeah i'm a cynical, cynical richard, richard. Yeah. yeah that that definitely right. could right. be part of it as well um tim i have to ask you what is a more impressive feat uh, for for just a human being, the fact that Phil Kessel doesn't drink water, or Al Michaels has never had a vegetable, because I don't know which one's more impressive. Yeah, I mean, as a professional athlete, never drinking water. Now I understand uh, the story on Sportsnet.ca uh, suggested that Blue Powerade was the uh, was the replacement for water, but yeah. given what we know uh, about the world these days and how important water is. I think it's more impressive that Phil Kessel uh, operated as a professional athlete without drinking water. Okay, I think that's fair. Like Al Michaels is great, but he's no professional athlete. (laughs) No, it's true. I'm not just imagine Michaels like sitting at a table with chicken fingers and fries and just (laughs) going, "This is this is the the delicacy right here." Yeah, (laughs) Mm, chef's kiss. We're living, lads. Look at this. And meanwhile, Phil is sweating blue from his skin. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, it is, nevertheless, congratulations to Phil Kessel. It's an impressive streak. Yes, uh, did want to Did want to move away from Phil, though, because I'm, I'm kind of in George's stratosphere here. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's great. We'll move on. 
thought on the Calgary Flames, who are off to an outstanding start. Yesterday, they beat the Penguins. They've been knocking down great opponents all the way yeah. through, and all of the guys who are new have all showed out. Without a doubt. And, and the thing that jumped out to me, I actually wrote down my notes for today's show, and the first thing I wrote down was Kadri on a flat cap deal. I got, if you break this down and really, uh, you know, go through the years with Nazem Kadri, uh, I know it's a little longer than maybe you initially anticipated uh, it being at his age, but to have the number at $7 million locked in and the future seeming like we're going to get movement finally on that cap, uh, that could be a real value for this team. Uh, especially when you get Huberto moving up to to ten and a half uh, after this year, I just I feel like um, brides for living. Like we obviously know the masterclass of being forced into this corner and coming out with with Huberto, Uyghur, and, and Kadri being a bit of a, a chef's kiss, if you will, again. But I, I think that the seven million dollars for Kadri, given what he's already brought to the table, like it gets the eyes popping a little bit, especially if this cap finally moves. Uh, that maybe this could be, you know, a prolonged run uh, on what was a forced hand. And I don't know if you could have asked for anything better than what you've gotten out of what seemed like, uh, you know, uh, you were dealt a two and a seven, and then all of a sudden it, it flopped two, two, seven. <laughs> it's unbelievable here. Um, Timmy, we always talk about uh, maturity in sports, and that athlete needs to mature to be a better player. Isn't Nazem Kadri like the, the poster child of saying, yeah, that guy's matured. Look what a kind of a player he's turned into. That That's the guy that went from having some dodgy things happen to him in the playoffs while playing for the Maple Leafs to turning into what the player he is right now with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, and, and I don't know how much of it is maturity and how much of it is he was surrounded with more um, – and didn't have to be that guy. Hmm. Like I thought when he played with the Leafs, there was no one else sticking up for the rest of his team. And he was forced to do things that he probably like at his best. He is, you know, a physical player who will do anything to win. And I thought in Toronto, there was almost a miscast. And then when he got to Colorado, he didn't have to do what he had to do in Toronto. And, in Calgary, there's got other guys around him that can do um, what he was asked to do in Toronto. And, and that's what caused him to step over the line in Toronto. And another one that was chased out of Toronto, I can't do what you need to do. And now as the history is, is kind of being rewritten, um, everyone realizes how valuable Anazim Kadri is to the team. And they're becoming more and more valuable as the years go on, like, I don't want to call him a unicorn, but he's getting pretty damn close to that spot where a guy can play a 200 foot game. Uh, a guy can play a physical game and, um, you know, and also can play the skill game, obviously. And I, I just don't know that you know, he was put in a position to succeed in Toronto. And now you just see uh, how valuable he is as time goes on. And, and then as the game evolves as well. And, and kind of a walls away from that guy. Um, I, I have always been a, a fan of Nazem Kadri, and I know that the you know the, the Leafs kind of crunched by the cap a little bit too, but also was chased out of town. People thought, ah, you can't have that happening 
in the first round, and then you see what the Leafs need now, and it's like, oh, yeah, they can use an absolute Padre guy. Mm. Tim McAuliffe, host of Tim and Friends on Sportsnet, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, we wanted to ask you, you host a national show on Sportsnet. Which Canadian uh, hockey fan base is the most ruthless, Timmy? Uh, because uh, in Calgary here, they love the team, but they're not ruthless. Like, no, is it Vancouver? Vancouver? Are they the most ruthless? Is it Leaf fans? Vancouver. I don't think Leaf fans are too ruthless. It's Vancouver, right? It has to be. I think it's Vancouver. I mean, and listen, this is not, and this is no recency bias. Like, if you had asked me about five years ago, if you had asked me, ten years, when I first started at the Score Television Network, uh, I don't know, like 20-something years ago, uh, I used to travel the country doing university sport games, and I also worked for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So, I was going you know, across the country all the time, uh, never going to the States. It was always because it was CFL and U Sports, uh, always across the country. And I started meeting Vancouver fans when I was there. And, you know, the one thing was the TSN, the Toronto Sports Network, and how biased the Eastern media is. And I got a good taste of that. And the, the secondary thing was how much, uh, <laughs> how much angst there was about their teams in Vancouver. And I sometimes I can't believe it. Sometimes I think it's the greatest thing on planet Earth. And sometimes I think it's, it's the reason why Francesco Aquilini and that ownership base won't, won't push the reset button because they know people won't show up. Um, it's ruthless in Vancouver. And like I, I love Calgary's got a great fan base. The uh, loudest building I've ever been in is the Saddle Dome, um, and I'll put that against the Raptors in the playoffs. Uh, I didn't go to Jose Batista's bat flip. I imagine that maybe the 50,000 would be louder there. Uh, I love the Calgary fan base. I think they're super passionate, but when you use the word ruthless, that's why I immediately answered Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. No free passes out on the West Coast, that's for sure. No. Uh, any no, concern? No, Probably not any concern in Toronto over the fact that Austin Matthews has only scored once, though, hey, as we go across the other side of the country? <laughs> no, not, not at all. I will say this. I think there's a little bit of patience when you're the Hart Trophy winner that uh, you will mm. snap out of it. Um, I know that, that there's not the same sort of angst in, uh, in Tampa surrounding Nikita Kucherov, and, and maybe that's something that we could learn as Canadians, maybe to kind of ease up. But uh, I, I think there's a little bit of leeway. Uh, I also think that there's kind of sort of this um, waiting for the Leafs to either snap out of this or implode, and then you're going to see a huge amount of hot takes from fan bases and from the media. And listen, I, I, I don't know what the Leafs are. I know that they started poorly last year and bounced out of it in a big way, and Austin Matthews was hurt, and maybe the cross-check from Jamie Benn um, you know, slowed them down a little bit here, but I, I, that Atlantic division is all of a sudden getting really interesting. Like, I don't know what Ottawa is. I think Buffalo's better. Uh, I don't know what Detroit is, but it seems like it's going to be really competitive this year. And there might be a good team on the outside looking in, in the Atlantic division. Uh, you go through that. And I know that, you know, Calgary fans aren't exactly focused on the Atlantic division, but they will they will severely enjoy the implosion if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs on the, on the outside looking in because uh, it'll come down hard on them.
Uh, Tim, I'm sure nobody took notice that Barry Trot said yesterday that he would love to coach an original six <laughs> NHL team. I'm sure that I'm sure that pinged nobody's radar uh, when he said that yesterday. What are the chances no, that Barry Trotz is behind the bench of the Toronto Maple Leafs for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Did you think that Kyle Dubas had another coach opportunity? No, I like, didn't, but he might have to. I did. I didn't either. And, and there, there's, I mean, I, I, I'm going to find it hard to believe that he's going to get that opportunity. Uh, but if they struggle here, then you're right. He might be forced into it, and Barry Trotz could be uh, the perfect tonic for you know a franchise that wants you know a name and a guy that could come in and make it an, an immediate impact. Um, but yeah, Nick Kiprios came on the show yesterday, and he's like, "Hey, man, before we go on the air, did you see this Barry Trotz story?" And I'm like, "No, we we're doing the show like live. I, what, what happened here?" And he's like. Just Google Barry Trotz. <laughs> 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 and so I Google Barry Trotz, and I'm like, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll do the Vancouver thing quick, and uh, we'll we'll see what Barry Trotz means. Uh, and then, you know, immediately Jesse's sitting off to the side, and he's like, hey, does that mean that I'm original six, Jesse? Like, it's not, it's not Montreal, I'll tell you that right. much. Yeah, uh, Martin St. Louis uh, doing a pretty good job there. They're not going away from him. So uh, Barry knew exactly what he was doing. And I, the, the, the only question I have is, uh, you know, did he hear something? And is that why he, mm. he mentioned Toronto? Or he mentioned, excuse me, an original six franchise. He could have been yeah. talking about New York. New sure. York, not that great out of the gate. Maybe New York. Maybe he's talking about New York. Yeah, or yeah. Boston. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they just have no, a new no, head no. coach. Yeah, sure. No, Boston looks pretty good, yeah. yeah. yeah Detroit, <laughs> they're, they're brand new coach in Detroit, too. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he wants that. to go to Chicago and start yeah. over again. Yeah. Right, <laughs> sure. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're running out of teams here, fellas. Um, <laughs> uh, wanted to shift the focus a little bit, Tim, because I know you're dialed on the CFL as well. And we were just talking about it in the last segment. Still no halftime show. What's with that? That's a, that's a, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, is, is, is Biebs, uh sickness playing a factor in all that? Like, what are we doing here? That's a wonderful question. And I wonder, listen, the CFL has been through a lot in the last little while. I, I wonder if it's just not the same. Like, I wonder if, do you have like do you have a running theory on this? Because you're kind of hitting me out of the. Well, out of the, out of, I'm there, shocked. There, there's talk that maybe because Sean Mendez canceled his tour because he needed a mental health break, that maybe he was the guy oh, they had lined up for the halftime show, right. and now they're scrambling. It's going to be Blue Rodeo, isn't it, Timmy? <laughs> I don't mind Blue Rodeo. I'm gonna be no, honest. No, yeah, nobody. I'm that's what I mean. Blue Rodeo fan. It's the safe I don't call. Look like a Bruce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this thing on, yeah. I'm, now I'm reading on this. Uh, I'm reading up on this a little bit too much. I, I, I do this thing where I'm, I, I know I'm a little bit crazy, but I watch the football on the field and I haven't <laughs> thought about the halftime show. <laughs> right. But, but let's be honest, like, yeah, the Grey Cup halftime show has been pretty damn good over the years considering it's the CFL and it's the Grey Cup. Like, it's not exactly the, the league that spends the most money, but. Yeah. The halftime show has done pretty well. Yep. Shania was great. Keith Urban was at, were great. Keith Urban was in Calgary here just a few years ago. He was really good. 
Like they they've had some big time acts. But, now, Timmy, uh, I I told this story here. You have to you have to validate it. Uh, tell the listeners of when the Grey Cup was in Toronto that if you order a large pizza, you get Grey Cup tickets. <laughs> the 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 shame of it is is it happened. Will, it's true. I I will say I, I need to preamble it. Okay. Um, the the Grey Cup is the most underrated party in Canadian sports history and maybe Canadian history. And whenever it goes to Toronto, it's a piece of hot flaming caca. <laughs> and George is exactly right. They, they, if you ordered a pizza, uh, you got Grey Cup tickets because Toronto doesn't know how good a party the the CFL and the Grey Cup are. And as a as a a native born and bred Torontonian who worked in the CFL and got out to Grey Cup several times. Every other city does it really, really well. And Toronto gives the tickets to people ordering a large uh, with pepperoni, uh, extra cheese, and a little Italian sausage. <laughs> good times were had by all. Uh, I do love a good Grey Cup party. Don't get me wrong. The one up in Edmonton a few years ago, outstanding. Here in Calgary, had a blast. Regina would be a great time for it as well. Um, wanted to shift yeah. to the World Series. Starts on Friday. Bunch of days off in between this getting going, and I wonder if that's going to maybe hurt any of the hype that might already be lacking for this matchup between um, the Phillies and the Astros. What's the what's the hype level for you? Um, I, I'm pretty jacked because I, I the, first of all, we got a Canadian uh, managing the Phillies who shouldn't be there, frankly, uh, given what they did in the regular season. And given how we uh, praise uh, baseball for being a marathon, not a sprint, 162 games, and then we always disprove that theory in the postseason. So I have a bit of a bias against the Philadelphia Phillies, but I will say this, um, since Rob Thompson took over, uh, they're as good as anyone in baseball, save for the Houston Astros. Like I just feel like the Astros are better than anyone else, and I said that to begin the postseason and in their 7-0 and run in this postseason, they've proven me right. But uh, Dusty Baker, uh, I think 73 years old, uh, been to the playoffs I think 11 times now, and still not having the World Series and having some pretty damn good teams and not having the World Series. I think there's some subplots here that are, uh, that are really interesting to me. Um, but there are very baseball, and I don't know how much they cross over. Like maybe Bryce Harper uh, and, and, you know, his persona and attitude crossover. Um, the Astros cheating their way to their only World Series title um, in, this little, uh, in this little run here has some crossover potential. Um, so I think there's a couple of storylines that work, but – me and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but it feels to me like this is a very inside baseball World Series. Yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of yeah. a lot of people can't wait in Philadelphia and Houston, but outside of that, it's a feels like a meh World Series to a lot of people. Yeah. I think uh, in North America. Um, before I let you go, Timmy, the Blue Jays should do whatever means possible to get Shohei Otani. Right? <laughs> we were talking about this. Uh... We were talking about this in the newsroom yesterday and whether or not we could bring it up on air. 
uh, given some of the sources that have said that the Jays are all in on this Shohei Otani and what all in would look like for the Jays. So you're good with Bo Bichette for Shohei Otani. I think yes. so. Are you good with Alec Manoa and Bo Bichette for Shohei Otani? Now, 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 now it's getting interesting, right? <laughs> but no, yeah. le- but let me tell you, um, Shohei Otani is just as good at Alec Manoa is on the dish, and Shohei Otani, although not as many hits as Bo Bichette, is a better all-around player than Bo Bichette. So you're essentially getting Alec Manoa and a better Bo Bichette for Shohei Otani. Yeah, I mean, the shortstop, I would, I would point to that area and say, like, Shohei doesn't play shortstop. Does Bo uh, really but... play good shortstop, though? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, there will be some that will say that Bo doesn't play a yeah. uh, very sure. good shortstop. He'd be Bo a great second baseman. Young. Yeah, still young and can play second base uh, in, at, the, at the drop of a hat. Um, I, I, here's what I think. I think Shohei's not old. No. Um, but I would be very careful. I would give if, – if, if the Angels were looking for one of those two or one piece from the pie and maybe a corner outfielder and a prospect, I'm in. Uh, if, it's, if it's Manoa and Bichette, I hedge a little bit because I know that I've seen Manoa be a pretty big game pitcher and has all of the – attributes to be even better than he already is. And I know he struggled out of the gate in his first playoff game. Uh, but I, there, there's a part of me, George, that isn't completely all in on Shohei Otani, uh, knowing full well that I bet him for MVP in each of the last two years. That, that's a good bet. Um, yeah, I, I cashed a nice one a that's year nice. ago. Uh, I'm not going to cash it this year. I don't think um, so, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Shohei Otani. I, I hedge on completely all in, eighty-five uh, percent all in, uh, trying to do everything you can to try and get him. I'm I'm right there with you. If he signs long term, I think you do it. That too hot? Yeah, that's that's no, that's that's exactly what I mean. the The conversation we had in the newsroom was exactly that. Like, if you know you can sign him long term, then the price changes. Uh, for what he is, yeah, uh, and I think that you don't make the deal. Period. If you don't know that you can get him long term, and it's just just being able to watch that guy day in day out would be awesome. Just yeah, I know he plays in Anaheim and whatever. You can watch on the West Coast, but just having him in Toronto, like an entire country is just focused on Shohei Otani, and he checks so many boxes for you. He's finally that left-handed power bat you need. He's like a, I don't know, six, seven, eight tool player. And I keep bringing this example up, Timmy. If, if, you're, if you're a hero and you want to go down to the batting cages and pretend you're like a real boss, ratchet that thing up to 100 miles an hour, see if you can hit the ball. Well, Shohei Otani can not only hit it at 100, he throws it at 100, sure, which right. is absolutely absurd. Yeah, there's a little 1030 disease going on here. And I, that's for, those, for the uninitiated, uh, it also could be, uh, in Calgary, a, a 9.30 disease. It's all those East Coast folks watching uh, late-night uh, TV and not really. Like, listen, the, the MVP race this year should have been a lot closer. I get Aaron Judge had an absolutely monstrous year. But, George, like, when you say 7-8 to a player, like, I chuckle because there's no such thing. Yeah. At least there was no such thing, right? Yeah. Like, there was no such thing as a 6-7-8 to a player. 
and yet Shohei Otani is a six, seven, eight tool player. So uh, I'm right there with you. And for anyone who doesn't watch him a lot, if you did watch him, you would have a completely new appreciation for what the hell this guy's doing. It's Babe Ruth and him. That's it. Yeah, that's that's the list. Uh, Tim McCallum, yeah. host of Tim and Friends on Sports. At Timmy, great stuff. Let's do it again soon. Hey, love running through it with you guys. Appreciate it. There he goes, Tim McCallum. Boom, yeah. Shohei Otani. Like I, I have such a man crush for Shohei Otani. It's incredible. Like he's just, and we, I, I, I said that yesterday. I think he's the greatest athlete right now, at least in North American sports. Oh no! How dare you? No, he's triathlon. No, like the decathlons. Just, just think. Here's the example that I want to really just hammer home here for uh, people in Calgary. It's like Connor McDavid plays four games for the Oilers, and then the fifth game he straps on the pads, and he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. And has, that's two, po- and has two points. Yeah, that's Shohei Otani. Yeah. He, is, uh, yeah. he affects the game from every different aspect. He's like a quarterback who goes out and plays middle linebacker for mo- like a couple of games a season. Yeah. But in those games, he's also playing quarterback. Yeah. It's like... It's what this guy does. I don't know. I can't make a basketball reference, but no, it, it isn't because basketball you need to play both sides. You can sides, do whatever you want. Is, you know. He's such a unicorn. He's yeah. so incredible that having that guy for the Blue Jays would be the sexiest thing ever. Yeah, hands but down. Then as soon as he mentioned Big Puma, I went, oh, well, I like him a lot. But you get, yeah, I know. He's but, both of those guys. But I like Big Puma. He's a top ten pitcher and a top ten hitter. <sighs> yeah, but that is Alec Manoa. Yeah, but no, yeah, for sure. But I like him. Yeah, uh, I, I like him to watch. too. But it wouldn't be as fun to watch as that guy. I don't want to trade him. No, me neither. But you might have to. If you can sign Otani uh, long term, I don't care what the cost is. Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff. Straight ahead. Matt Devlin, the voice of the Raptors on Sportsnet 2. We'll do that at 830. It's all straight ahead. The big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.